Hey friends, this is Josh Blair, and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church, and this is our podcast. My prayer for you today is that the message you hear will encourage you and inspire you to walk closer with Jesus this week. Uh, I'm excited. We are, uh, we've been in this series knowing the Holy Spirit and looking at, uh, at who the Holy Spirit is and connecting with Him and how we can in, be empowered by His presence and uh, and really walk in the fullness of, of, of who Jesus calls us to be. Have you been enjoying this series so far? God has been moving powerfully, and, uh, and we're, we say yes to the Holy Spirit, whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do in our midst. Uh, we want that to happen. And so even uh, the last couple of weeks, there, we've been giving invitations to those who, who want to experience or be filled with the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in new tongues. Uh, if you have any questions about tongues and what's that, what that's about, I encourage you to go back to our podcast and you can listen to that, the title, uh, uh, Being Empowered by the Holy Spirit. I would encourage you, if you missed that message, to go back and to listen to that. You can listen on SoundCloud or iTunes uh, podcasts or um, Apple podcasts, and I encourage you to be a part of that. But we had people experience it. We had people feel with the Holy Spirit over the last couple of weeks with evidence of speaking in new tongues. That's powerful. It's a powerful thing. It's a life-changing, dynamic switch in their lives when they submit to the, to the flow of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And uh, it's, been, it's been awesome. And so even as my desire as your pastor lines up with what Paul was desiring in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 where he says, my desire is that you would all speak in tongues. That is my desire as your pastor because I understand the power that comes and the closeness that comes, and the revelation of Jesus that comes when you were filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I, I encourage that for everyone. And now, now, will it happen for you? I don't know. I think it's up to you. I think it's up to every believer deciding if we're going to yield to the Spirit or not. Uh, last week I shared this illustration that I, uh, that I got from John Brevere's book, Introduction to the Holy Spirit, that says, uh, you, can, you can be in the river, uh, of Jesus, and you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit, but not yield to the Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. He gave this illustration, two people walk into the river, one stands and allows the water to flow around them, the other one yields to the current of the Spirit, and allow, or the river, and allows the river to carry them wherever the river desires. And you can be filled with the Holy Spirit, but yet not quite know how to yield to the Holy Spirit, and allow Him to speak through you. And so we want to continue to yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? We want to be a people who are filled with the power of God and the Spirit of God. What's, in, what's, what's powerful is that, you know, sometimes uh, people will never yield to the Spirit. It, it, I think it's a sad thing, don't you? That some people will just not yield to the Spirit. The Bible says sometimes they're uninformed about what the Spirit's doing or they reject it altogether. You know, when Jesus, when Jesus called uh, the people to wait on the Spirit, he initially called over 500 people to go to the upper room and to wait to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you know this? Jesus, after being dead and buried and raised back to life, walked the earth for 40 days teaching people. And right before he ascended into heaven, he told 500 plus people that were there, he, told, he gave this, this command, wait, don't leave Jerusalem Wait until the Holy Spirit has come upon you and filled you. But we read a little bit later on that there was only 120 that waited in the upper room. Not all 500 people. Now, can, I, can you imagine with me that if someone was giving me a, a command of God 
and then right before my eyes floated to heaven, I'd be like, I'm going to do what that dude just said. Right? I mean, I just saw homeboy fly. Like, he told me what God said. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Yeah? But for some reason, 380 people chose not to wait, chose not to yield. Whether they wanted to get right to work, they were doers, or whether they were like, no, I don't know, understand that, I choose not to. Some people chose not to wait and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So the question is why? And that's where we're going to spend most of our time this morning. Why do some yield to the Spirit and why do some not? Why do some wait for the Holy Spirit to empower and why do some not wait? Why is it that some refuse to obey God and receive the gifts of God and others openly receive? I want to spend our time there this morning and looking at the gifts that God has for us and the benefits they are to our lives. The gifts that God has for us. So before we begin to answer this question of why do some of us have a hard time yielding or have a hard time obeying the voice of God, we need to understand this concept. I need to lay down this foundation first. That we believe that God is good. Do you believe that God is good? Do you believe that God is good? Yes. Do you believe that he is a good father who gives good gifts to his children? Right? Jesus says, if you who are evil... Give good gifts to your kids. How much more does your good father give good gifts to you? Right? Do you know that passage of scripture? He says, if your child is hungry, asking for bread, you wouldn't give them a stone. Right? You would give them something to eat. So God is a good father who gives good gifts to us, his children. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from our heavenly father. So we can trust him to give us good gifts that will benefit us and be good for us and good for others around us. Yet sometimes we still refuse His gifts. We have a hard time receiving. So to answer this question of why, we're going to turn to Ezekiel chapter 47. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to that. Ezekiel chapter 47. As you turn there or you have a YouVersion Bible app, you can open up the YouVersion Bible app and go to that uh, chapter 47 of Ezekiel. As you're turning there, let me pray for us this morning. Holy Spirit, we ask that you'd open up our ears to hear, open our eyes to see, open our hearts to be sensitive to your word this morning. Holy Spirit, would you move? Would you speak? We say yes to your will and to your way. You are welcome to manifest your presence here this morning. We are longing for you. We are desperate for you. God, anoint the words that I speak today. Let them be your words and not mine. We need your anointing. We need your touch. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Before I begin to read, I want to let you know, Ezekiel was a prophet of God in the ancient nation of Israel. He was a a prophet that God appointed to draw the people of God back to God. And he would speak to Ezekiel. And a lot of times he would speak through visions and dreams, and then he would speak directly to Ezekiel. And in chapter 47, we're going to read about one of the visions that God gave Ezekiel. We're going to start in verse 1. If you're there with me, say yes. If, you're, if, you saw, if it's not behind me, so you got to get it in front of you. Verse 1 says this, In my vision, the man, he's speaking of an angel, brought me back to the entrance of the temple, There I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar 
on its south side. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gateway and led me around the eastern entrance. There I could see the water flowing out through the south side of the east gateway. Let me stop and kind of explain, give some insight into the imagery that we're seeing here in Ezekiel chapter 47. Ezekiel is describing a very detailed vision of water flowing from beneath the door of the temple of God. And it begins to flow out of the eastern door and out of the eastern gateway. Why is that important? In Scripture, we know that when it tells us when Jesus is going to return, that he will enter through the eastern gate. When, when uh, they believed, uh, the, the people of Israel believed that God would, would visit his people, he would enter the eastern door of the temple. So the door representing the, where the water is flowing out of the temple represents Jesus. Uh, scholars would say that, that Jesus has given us illustration after illustration that he is the door that life flows out of. He says in John chapter 10, verse 7, Truly I say to you, I am the door to the sheep. Who are the sheep? The followers of Jesus. You and I, if we are disciples of Jesus, followers of him, we are Christians, he is the door for us. Do you believe that? In verse 9 it says this, I am the door. If anyone wants to enter, has to enter through me, and they will be saved. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So in this illustration, in this vision that we see that Ezekiel has, far before Jesus has ever arrived on the scene, he has this vision of a door, and out of it is flowing water. This water is the water of life that flows through Jesus. Let's continue to read. Verse 3 says this, Measuring as he went, he took me along the stream 1,750 feet. Now I'm reading from the New Living Translation so that... It talks about feet instead of cubics, because I don't know cubics, but I know feet. Amen? 1,750 feet, and, as he led, and then he led me across the stream, and the water was to my ankles. Then he measured out another 1,750 feet and led me across again. This time the water was to my knees. After another 1,750 feet, it was up to my waist. Then he measured again 1,750 feet. And the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. Let me stop and explain what's happening. The angel that is guide, guiding Ezekiel further down the stream, he begins to tell him and show him that this living water, as he goes further along on this journey, that the water grows deeper. The stream of, flow, of flowing living water that is flowing from Jesus, the door, the stream of life begins to deepen and widen as it continues down the path. I believe this is an illustration of what it means to live in relationship with Jesus. To walk with the Holy Spirit. For some, when you accept Christ and you ask Jesus into your heart, you don't have this amazing, jolting life transformation right away. Sometimes you just feel like you've just barely stepped into the water. And you're, you're, you're seeing people who are like dynamic things are happening in their life, but you look at yourself and you say, I don't feel dynamic. I, I, I want, I've, I've said, Jesus, I believe in you. I, I received your forgiveness. I've turned from my sin, but I don't feel this overwhelming rush. Sometimes it starts as a trickle. Sometimes it begins at the ankles. Yes? Has anybody had that experience? Yes. 
you accept Jesus, but you don't have this explosion, right? Some other people, they accept Christ, they dive into the deep end. You're like, they're radical. They're, you know, they're living extreme, right? But some, for some of us, it doesn't happen that way. But what's the beautiful thing about it is that both are in the stream. Both are in the living water of Jesus, right? But here's the other part of this illustration that I think is dynamic is that no matter who you are or where you are in the journey of following Jesus, you're never called to stay in the shallow end. You're never called to stay at the ankle. The water gets deeper the longer you walk with Jesus, the further you walk with Him. The more steps you take in Jesus, the water grows deeper and the life flows more freely in Jesus as you walk in Him. You're not called to stay at the ankles. But there are people... There are followers of Jesus. There are even churches that are comfortable with ankle-deep water in Jesus. They're like, we're saved. That's it. We're good. We don't want to go any deeper. We don't want to experience any, any more. We're okay right here where we're at. There are some that are saying, you know what? We'll go knee-deep. We'll go knee-deep. We might raise our hands. We might, be, we might say, yes, when the pastor is preaching. But that's it. Let's not get crazy. Let's not go over our heads in this, okay? They might even go to their waist, but there are so many people and so many followers who are not willing to go into the deep ends of Jesus, who are not willing to not touch bottom anymore. Why do we struggle to go deeper in Jesus? I think this illustration helps us because what happens when we go deeper and deeper with Jesus at some point, we can't touch the bottom anymore. We have no more control. I think some of us struggle with going into the deep things of God because we want to be firmly in control. We want our feet planted. I'm okay with this. I can still control this. I can still determine how, much, how wet I'm going to get. I can determine how much water is going to flow in over my head. I can sit down if I want to when the water is still shallow. And still stand up. But we don't want to go deeper because it requires us to go in places where our feet can no longer touch the bottom. And we struggle. It's a control thing. Sometimes it's a fear thing. It can be fearful. It can be scary to no longer touch bottom. I remember when I was in college, I had a bunch of buddies who are surfers. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I can do that. I can be a surfer. I've seen the ocean. I can do this. So I borrowed a wetsuit. They gave me the longest board they had because it's easier to get up on a long board, you know, than it is a short board. So I wanted to, like, you know what? I can surf. So I paddle out there. I'm still able to touch bottom. I felt okay. The waves are fine. I got out there, paddle up, try to stand up, fall down, try to do it. I finally get up. I'm like, this is the life. This is what living is. You know, I'm surfing. I'm now a cool kid. But I, as I swam out, we were doing this all day, and they kept going further out. The bigger waves are further out. And they're like, come on, Josh, you can do it. So I'm like, I can do this. Inside, I'm screaming, no, you can't. <laughs> Turn around. But you know when you get around a bunch of guys, it's just like, man, no, man, we could, yeah, come on, we start pushing each other. Am I, am I getting in a fight right now? So we swim out further. I can no longer touch the bottom. I'm like, oh, Lord, this is scary. And right about time I'm about to jump up on my board, I feel something swim past my leg. 
I said, guys, I'm out. Because <laughs> it was scary. I didn't know it was down there. I don't know if it was Jaws or Flounder. I didn't know who it was. But somebody was trying to get me in the water. And fear, from this day on, I have not surfed a day after that. And I'm sad about it. I could have been a surfing pastor, but now I'm not. But fear has stopped me from going back into the water. Because the moment I no longer could touch bottom, I didn't know what was going to happen to me out there. I think sometimes in the church, when we say, let's go deeper after God, let's have a deeper hunger for God, let God move in this place, and he begins to move, we're like, hold up, I can't feel bottom. I don't trust this, I don't like this. Let me go back to where I can put my feet on the ground again. And the problem is, we are, what we're saying with that is, I, I trust myself more than I trust God. I trust my own feelings more. I trust my own emotions more to be in control of these things than I trust God with my emotions and my feelings. I, I don't, God, I, you're good. I don't know how good you are. These gifts that you're pouring out, they're probably good for other people, but I don't really like, I don't understand this. I don't like this. I'm not going to go further out. Why is it that in the church, anytime something happens that we don't fully understand, we reject it immediately? That doesn't happen in the world, does it? Does that happen? Do you know how your cell phone works? I mean, the fact that you're calling somebody and it's shooting up to space, coming back down where they're at, and you're seeing them on FaceTime. Do you know how that really works? Do you know this microphone? Do I know how it really works? How is sound without a cord coming through my mouth, through this microphone, to a receiver, and, and into these speakers where you can hear it? But if I didn't understand it, should I just reject it altogether? I don't need this. No, I need a microphone. Even though I don't understand it, I don't reject it. It doesn't scare me. But sometimes when something happens in the church that we don't understand, we're like, hold up. Let me put the pause button on this. I don't understand this. I'm going to walk away from it. But that doesn't happen in real life. We have solar panels on our house now. Do I know how those solar panels change light energy? These photocells absorb light energy and make it into power I can use in my house when I plug in my dryer at home or plug in the internet? I don't know how any of that stuff works, but I love it. And yet sometimes we come into the church and God begins to move, and we're like, I don't, I don't get this. This is scary to me. This is unusual. This is otherworldly. So it must not be from God. Well, if it is otherworldly, it is from God, because he's not of our world. When his super enters into our natural, sometimes things are going to happen that we may not fully understand. But instead of rejecting it, we should run to him. Instead of growing fearful, we should become curious. I thought about Moses when he was walking in the wilderness after he ran from Egypt, fled for his life. He was in the wilderness and he saw, the Bible says, a bush burning and yet was not consumed. And it says, because of his curiosity, he walked over to see why the bush was not burned up. I think for some of us, when we see people on fire for God, instead of saying, they're radical, 
They're over the top. Why don't we say, hey, let me see what's going on over here. Why are they consumed with a fire, but yet, but, but yet they're not destroyed? How is it that God is moving in them so powerfully? I want to see a little closer what their life is like. I want to know what God is doing in them. Would we be a people that is so hungry for God to say, I'm not going to be afraid of you. I trust you. I run to you, not from you. Would we be a people that says, there is a fire burning, and I want to see what's going on. I want to see how it's working. I want to know what God is doing. I want to see God move like that in me. Some of us, we've, we've asked God to move. I really genuinely believe that, that you are seeking God today. I genuinely and earnestly believe that there are things in your life that you want to see God move and transform. I believe that you, there, are, there are people that you want to see healed. I believe that there are struggles that you want to be set free from. There are chains and bondages that are trying to hold you that you want to be, see broken in your life. I genuinely believe it. I, I see your sincerity. I see your, your resilience and your desire to encounter God. But sometimes when we ask God to move and he moves, we say, I didn't think you were going to do it that way. So because you're not doing it the way I expected or anticipated, I'm not going to accept the gift that you've given me. Just because we make the request does not mean we have control over the answer. Can I say that again? Just because you make the request of God does not mean you have control of the answer of God or what it's going to look like in your life. You have to trust God to answer, and when he answers, you accept the answer he's given you. We can't just say, nope, didn't like the answer, or nope, didn't like the way you answered, so I'm going to step back away. We heard a tongues and interpretation last Sunday. The Holy Spirit was beckoning us to come and draw closer to him. How many of you are here to hear that? The Lord spoke through someone who yielded to him and said, come, I want to answer your cries. Come. But because of fear, it stopped us from answering. The Holy Spirit would tell us today, instead of being fearful, be curious. Come and find out what I'm like. Come and taste and see that I am good. This is the Lord's call to us. We can't dictate the way he's going to respond because he is God, we are not. He is God, we are not. The Lord wants to answer your cries for help. He hears them. He longs to answer. Could you imagine those of us who have babies, who fall down, bust their lips, scrape their knees, they cry out for help from us, and we go to to scoop them up and give them help. They're like, oh, no, no. I didn't like the way you approached me. Go back and do it again. Figure it out. I could actually hear my son saying that probably. But could you imagine? And sometimes God comes running to help us when we're broken, bruised up, beaten down. He comes to scoop us up, but we say, no, no, no. I don't like the way you approached me. Go back and do it again. Let us be a church that says, I am ready and willing to receive whatever you want to do in my life, whether I understand it fully or not. I want to be someone who goes deeper in the things of you. I want to go deeper. I want to experience the fullness. I want to experience the fullness of being filled with your spirit and with power. 
I want to experience the power of the Holy Spirit surging in me. And as I do that, the revelation of who Jesus is becomes more real to me. This is what happens when we yield to the Spirit. Verse 6 says this, The angel asked Ezekiel, Have you been watching, son of man? Then he led me back to the riverbank. When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, the river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea, and the waters of the stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for their waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever the water flows. Have you been longing for life today? Are there areas in your life that that seem dead and dull and boring and broken? God would say, if you would come deeper, wherever this water would flow, life would abound to you. This is the will of God in us, church. Wherever the water flows freshly, freely and deeply, life abounds. I love the passage in the vision that says, wherever this water flows, it turns salty waters fresh. Do you know the term salty? When someone is being salty, do you know this? It's a trending term, but it's biblical. When someone's real salty, it basically means this. They're easily offended. They're bitter. They're jealous. They, they, they react to people in a harsh way. When someone's doing that, you're like, man, she's salty today. She is salty, man. He's salty. Bro, calm down. Why are you so salty? What I love about this passage is that it tells us, even it speaks to us today, That those of us who are salty, easily offended, hurting, hurt by people, so we hurt people. Where the water flows, it brings freshness back. It brings freshness to our character, to our integrity, to our words, to our actions. Where the water of living light, water flows in Jesus through the power of His Holy Spirit. We are made fresh and pure. So these areas, even as Christians, there's so many Christians walking around so bitter. Negative Nancys all the time. Salty people. And we wonder why our world has not been transformed for Jesus yet. It's been 2,000 years. What's going on? Maybe because the people of God are not being filled with the power of God by the Spirit of God. And we need to be the people who say, I want the fresh living water of Jesus. Come up over my head. Take me to places where I can no longer touch bottom. I want to be a somebody where life flows everywhere I go because the living water flows in me. Wherever this water flows, life abounds. I want to be that kind of person. I believe you want to be that kind of person. I don't want to be salty. I don't want to be salty to my wife. I don't want to be salty to my kids. I don't want to be salty to my boss slash dad. I don't want to be salty to anybody. I don't want to be salty. I want the living water to flow through me. And when it does, my ability to hear God comes to life because where the water flows, life abounds. You want to hear God? Allow the water to flow. It'll come to life. You want to have the ability to walk in freedom? It'll come to life when you are walking in the river of God, when you're, when you're in deeply in the, in the waters of God. Your loved ones, I believe, that are far from God, when you walk in the abundance and the deep waters of God, and you allow them to flow over you, I believe the hardness of their hearts becomes soft because of your presence in their life. I believe it happens by the power of God in you. Abundant life, Jesus says, is through the, uh, through the Spirit of God. And as the Spirit flows in deep waters, abundant life abounds. And I believe that 
as we go deeper into the things of God and, and walking closely with the Holy Spirit, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, in His power and His love, we become like the trees that grow along the banks of this river. If you read, continuing on into the, into the, the verses, into that vision that he had, it says that he was surprised, I read that, he was surprised by the trees growing along the riverbank. And it says that the, the, the leaves of the trees brought healing and the fruit of the trees brought life. And I believe that you and I are those trees when we are in the, when, we, when we grow next to the waters of, of Jesus and we allow the Spirit of God to flow through us. Romans 8, 29 is, makes it very clear that God desires to transform us into the likeness of His Son, Jesus. So if, if the water that flows from Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit is life-giving, then as trees, we also give life. As trees in this, in this idea that our leaves will also bring healing. If His waters bring healing to the salty places, then we bring healing to those that we encounter and live life with. If His life-giving water flows through us, then as we share the good news of the gospel, then we bear fruit in our lives that bring life to others. As Jesus followers, we're called to be disciples that make disciples. Fruit trees are a beautiful illustration of that because in every, inside every fruit is a seed. If you plant that seed, another tree will grow. And there are things inside of your life, there is fruit that God wants to develop in you that as you share it and as you plant it in the lives of other people, they will grow in relationship with Jesus also. We want to be these trees. We want to be these trees. The trees, the Bible tells us, are fed by the water. They are planted by the water and they flourish in the water and echoes the imagery we see in Psalms chapter 1 and Jeremiah 17. It says, those who trust in God alone are compared to trees growing by the streams of living water. You and I have that in us. Colossians 2 says this, to be rooted and built up in Christ. And we want to have the water flow in us and through us and then over our head. Where living, abundant life can be found. But if we refuse to go deeper with God or step out into the living water, then we will remain salty and unyielding. I don't want to be salty. I don't want to be unyielding. I don't want to be a... A, you know, we know when water lays stagnant, it stinks. I don't, wanna, I don't want my life to be stinky. When someone sees me, I don't want them to be like, whew, stinky. Griffin is now 18 months old. As babies do, they soil themselves. He's learning that when he poops now, it stinks. Why it took him 18 months, I don't know. But now we'll ask him, did you poop? He always says no. We know that he did. But as we pick him up, then he goes like this. Tinky. Tinky. I don't want, I don't want somebody who sees my life looking at me and going, tinky. I don't want to be stinky. I don't want to be a reproach. I don't want people to say, that's what a Christian is? With that attitude? That behavior? That character? No, that's stinky. I don't want that. I want to be somebody who says, man, that, that's refreshing. He's refreshing. Man, whenever he comes into the room, man, the atmosphere shifts. It becomes lighter. It becomes more joyful. I want that for my life. Do you want it for your life? Yes. It happens when we submit and yield ourselves to the moving of the Spirit. 
when we decide, decide to jump in the deep end, when we continue to walk along the path with Jesus, as we do, the waters grow deeper and deeper. We don't have to be afraid of them because they are good gifts that come from Jesus, the abundant life that flows from the Father to us, his children. So I want to I extend two invitations this morning. The first one is what you heard about in the announcements. This Wednesday, we're having a dedicated special night to encounter the Holy Spirit. We're calling it an encounter night. We're going to come where we worship together. We pray together. We do that every first Wednesday of the month. We even feed you. At the end, we fellowship. We break bread together. But this night is going to be solely dedicated for anybody who wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit, be baptized in the Spirit, and, and there's going to be an evidence of speaking in new tongues. But you're going to be empowered to walk this life out with Jesus. You're going to be empowered, and life is going to flow through you to other people. And there's going to be areas in your life. Maybe you're struggling with something, and, you, and, and you're wrestling with something. If you've never been filled with the Spirit, you're fighting the battles by yourself sometimes. Because the Spirit of God wants to partner with you. wants to speak to you. The Spirit of God wants to do it in you. Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate it and share it with your friends. That would help us out a lot. If you're interested in supporting the mission of Central Valley Church, go to cbcmadera.churchcenter.com for more information. We love you. God bless.